So go ahead and I did martial arts. Really? Oh yeah. Had to. How, okay. I if, could if not, it's perfect for someone your yeah, because, size. Well, yeah, because I was bullied from the first day of school to the last. Really? I had to learn. Where did you go to school, Randy? Up north. Up north. Where are you from? Ohio. Okay. So anyway, but yeah, I was bullied terrible. And this yeah, it was bad. Yeah. And if you didn't learn something I yeah. self taught myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that but is I was no loose league. Oh my lord. Yeah, well, not that way, but I had enough sense and knew kind of if I had to, I could get away from here, make you wish you had left me alone. And I did that once or twice. <laughs> I didn't want to, but I did. And no, I don't think anybody ever does want to. Like that's oh, not no. that's not who I am. Yeah. At all. But I want to tell you my Bruce Lee story. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go for it. Right now? Well or, or we can do it. We can do it after the show. Right? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it after the show. That sounds good. So Let's go ahead and get started. I'm sure, recording here with Randy Smith. So I've known you for, I didn't go to Clarksville till eighth grade, so I wouldn't have known you before then really. Yeah. But you're, you're somebody I saw about every day uh, for several years of my life. Um, and then when did you, you had, what is brain can a tumor? When did you? surgery. It wasn't a tumor. Uh, when I was in the third grade, and it was during, after third grade, during the summer, uh, all the boys in the neighborhood would play baseball. Well, my friend was standing out in my yard. I looked out the window. I thought, oh, there he is, John. And he's a big old guy. And I'm this little, you know, short guy. So John didn't see me coming. And I didn't know John was swinging a bat. Oh. I didn't see it. He knocked me over into the ditch. He hit me on my right side, about the temple area. And, of course, back then there was no money for doctors much. Mm -hmm. This is like in the 50s, you know, thereabouts, and there was yeah. no real money. And so... Um, well, and how, uh, how evolved are brain procedures in the United States yeah. in 1950? Yeah, it wasn't good. And so anyway, but I just had a big old knot come up on my head. The next day it was gone, and I was fine. Everything's great, except when I went back to school, I flunked every grade. Oh, my gosh. All the way through. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't focus anymore like i used to you had a traumatic brain injury yeah very bad and i didn't know did you have any symptoms like uh not until i got older well there actually there was symptoms um uh you know i couldn't concentrate and i have to watch you and i would study you while you're talking to me so i can try to remember what you said and when i was in school back then and they were good teachers but there was no program really set up to help someone that was having struggles they would just push you on they just i passed every grade f's but i passed well, that's just the way it was yeah if you, you know? yeah 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 and when i got older i started getting some dizzy spells it did not that didn't happen until like in the late 70s but things started progressively get a little worse you know and um i'd forget stuff you know i would have dizzy spells you know, and, and you know, and it just kept getting worse. And, um, uh, but the only thing that really, really helped me was I was an avid reader from the tiny little thing I was. I devoured books all through that. And uh, so in 2005, then, 
you know, I was right in the middle of building a house wow. that we live in now. Which is a beautiful spot. <laughs> like that, that kind of like how, like I said, we were talking right before the podcast when I see you make your post. Mm-hmm. It's like part of your persona. It's like the cabin, the fire, the coffee. Yes, I the, do that. The outside. I try to, you know, that's how, that's who I am. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, about 2005, then I, they had, I had to be med flighted to, to UMAS. And, uh, Did you have like a just a dizzy spell or? Well, yeah, I started. I had. I there was a custodian that I worked with in 2005, and and before this happened, this see, I had to I had to the go to the hospital, uh, like on the 18th of November. Well, that month before that, I would be getting tired and. I'd go into one of the classrooms where there was no class, no uh, classes, and sit down, and put my head down. Well, I got to notice him one day. I saw the custodian look in the window at me through the door. He was watching me, and I thought, oh, maybe he just wants something. And I never made the connection, and I would have headaches, and uh, yeah, and then it just got progressively worse and worse, and uh, I would start having a headache around right after lunch, maybe. And then before I went home, I'd have a headache. And when I'd go home, I'd do my martial arts routine and exercise and lift weights and do all of that, plus build the house. And then, um, you know, so anyway, that one, that one night I got in, I had the mother of all headaches and the next morning, I toughed it. I'm a tough little guy. Well, no, I feel like, man, if that was me, I'd be nervous. I would. Anytime something comes up, like I had this little issue with something underneath on the bottom of my mouth, like calcium, mm-hmm. like people getting their tonsils. Yeah. Rare, super rare. Man, I was super worried about it. Went to the doctor. He wasn't worried about it at all. But man, I remember before I went, like you did, and I put off going. Yeah. My dentist said something to me about it twice, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like, and then they said the word oral surgery. Yeah. And I was like, that's scary. Oh, what? <laughs> but I made an appointment. Luckily, this guy's daughters come here to the gym. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it, it, nobody. I feel like you get this. It's a, I told him, I was like, I'm mentally suffering through this more than any physical symptom. Oh. Mm-hmm. But uh, but man, it sounds like you were physical symptoms. And pro- how was it? Were you just trying to be tough, put off going to the doctor? Were you just nervous about going to the doctor? You didn't want bad news? Like- no, I don't even think that way. I was just I am a stubborn little guy. Very, very stout. And so, because I do all my exercises, do my martial arts exercises, and, and, and I would just work through it and go on. That's what I was used to doing. But this time, what I did was I had, it was such a horrendous headache, I couldn't hardly stand it. But I went to bed anyway, took some aspirins, and it helped ease it. Oh, I'm okay. Until the next morning, and Cheryl's up getting around for work, and I told her, I said, Cheryl, you're going to take me to the hospital something ain't right because I kept matter of fact I one time I had I knew something was coming because I was walking down past one of the teachers classrooms and all of a sudden it looked like I was looking through a waterfall I thought whoa you know and I just went on about my business like nothing was wrong I'll work through it uh-huh so anyway they took me to the to the hospital Clarksville and I remember getting out of the truck walking in the building waking up on the operating table at Little Rock. I literally woke up on the, op- they were getting ready to operate on me. And I looked around and there's all these guys and women too, standing around 
and they all had blue suits on, uh, masks. I thought, where what am is I? Going I didn't on. know it. Where I didn't know, I'd forgotten. Wow. You know. Yeah, that's that's wild. And the thing about Randy is, I was going to go home. I said, "What are we doing?" And they started telling me. I said, "You're nuts. I'm not going to get an operation. You're talking about brain surgery here, Mister." And and you hadn't given any. Well, that you remembered, you didn't no, give any consent no, or anything. No, Did your wife have to agree for you and stuff? Yeah, but they had to go get her because Randy was getting up. I was going to go home, and they had to. They finally told me, "said No, you'll die." And so I said, "Okay, Doc." You do what you got to do, and don't look back. And they did. Well, I woke up in the recovery room, and here comes this doctor. I can still hear his brogue. He was from Scotland, and he said, "Randy, you're a miracle. We thought you would be blind or paralyzed. That's how bad it was." He said, "But you're not." And so. Uh, and I remember, you know, laying there and, and people would come and see me. And uh, he told Cheryl, I said, Randy will be here for three days. And then he will, or for two weeks, I'm sorry, for two weeks. And then he'll have to have therapy. I went home three days. And the doctor said, I cannot believe this. Do you think, okay, so you think that was your mindset? Going like you said a second ago, like, oh, I don't even think that way. Right? Yeah, you think, think that, that is just like your mindset? Like uh, is a person that you had developed that... That's because you, man, I, I'm fascinated when I hear stories of like, this guy fell out of a plane, broke every yeah. bone in his body. They told him he'd never walk again. Mm -hmm. He walks out of the hospital three weeks later. Yeah. So, you know, that's, which you're another story too, right? So like, I hear these stories about this guy got struck by lightning and then mm -hmm. he's a genius <laughs> or something like that, right? I heard a lot of stories that way. But what, okay, post-surgery, three, by miraculous recovery, it yeah. sounds like. Um, what was it like after well, uh, let me tell you this part first, because I want everybody to understand how prayer works. Okay. Well, I, when the students found out that I was in trouble. Oh, did I remember. They, did. Did they, they got together. As I, my wife told me, said, Randy, and the teachers told me later, Randy, they got out of the classrooms, went to the cafeteria or the auditorium, got in groups, began to pray for you. So I told them when I, when I recovered and come back, I said, you're the reason I'm here students because you prayed for me you loved me enough and cared enough about me to pray i would not be here did the doctors do a good job oh yeah but they still can't believe it they said randy this is a miracle how did you do this we told you two weeks in therapy you went home three days not one day of therapy and i've never had therapy after that not once wow yeah wow <laughs> So, yeah, I remember uh, you going through that. I would have been in 11th grade. Mm -hmm. and about right, yeah. Okay, so, and I want to say also, and I could have been there. I remember I, I came in, hung out around the auditorium and stuff, mm -hmm. even a little bit after I graduated, right? I was even in a play yeah. uh, that they did, the Thunderstruck and Possum Grape. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that, but really remember that. Stalls did, he's done it, uh, I think, a couple of times. Uh uh, Rhonda K. Shook is the author, right? She's from around Clarksville. Yeah, or, I know like, the name. You know, um, she's related to Miss Sosby somehow. Oh, okay, yes. Because like uh, Burley Shook and um, Shelby Shook, yeah. yeah. So she's related to them because oh, yeah. Burley's one of the – I played the character Burley in the play, <laughs> and I knew Burley Shook. 
he's since passed away but um yeah but i hung out and so i remember you even showed up i think to read some poetry oh yes would you when would you have been doing that 2006 i started the poetry in 2008 okay so i would have yeah you you know my first book was uh open window reflections in poetry and it's out of print now and i'm redoing it um but yeah, I, I would come out and do poetry when they would have their poetry jam thing. Mm-hmm. I would do poetry for the for this faculty, you know, auditorium. It's kind of fun. Yeah. And as you remember, they played the banjo once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, when we were joking about that uh, just before the podcast, because I, I remember as soon as somebody told me you played the banjo, I remember you doing it at a couple of events mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Yeah. And um then, but that, a couple other guys, both of them been on the podcast. Oh, man, that guy is an amazing banjo player. <laughs> but you were saying a second ago, before before the surgery and after, banjo playing was hard for you after? Yes, because of the, the sharp notes, and it really gave me bad headaches. Like, was that like a tinnitus, like like hearing the, the frequency? Or? No, it was like, if I can explain it as pressure. Because you remember, I've had this, I've got a hole in my head from the surgery. They took a little hole, a thing out, and went in there. Of course, when they worked on me, well, it took a while to heal. And so during, for about, for at least the first five years after that, it really bothered me. I couldn't even sing after that. I couldn't sing because it hurt so bad. It just took a while. Mm -hmm. But I'm over that now, of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any trouble. I'm back to singing. I still play my banjo some. And, uh, you know, good. Yeah. Well, that's, um, so quick question. Did you, did you do any writing before? Like, no, uh, did you want to, is that something you were drawn to? Nope. I didn't really think about that. Especially when I started writing poetry, I thought I must be losing my mind. Why would I write poetry? But I couldn't stop. Matter of fact, uh, I would, I got in the habit of just putting a little piece of paper and a pen. I always carried it after that, a little notebook. And uh, I'll be, Half a dozen of those kind of <laughs> notebooks right uh-huh. there. I'd be walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden, this thought would come. And I couldn't help myself. I had to write. It didn't matter. That, yeah. Well, that's some of the most creative people, like uh, – this is a weird cultural reference, but there's that movie and I, I've all seen it, but it's been the years that movie eight mile that has the famous uh, rapper Eminem in it. Mm-hmm. But his character in that show is always like, yep. Writing things down like it, <laughs> it. But I remember when I, when I first heard you read, you'd kind of describe that. You said, look, this, these phrases, these, uh, paragraphs mm-hmm. they just started kind of yep. flowing out of me and i and you just started documenting them yes that's that's fascinating right and yeah. i've seen uh, i haven't i don't own any of your books but i've seen some passages that you've done i've mm-hmm. heard you do a reading or two and yeah it's great it's not so like i i've I joking about the lightning strike like i had somebody that i knew that claimed they got struck by lightning mm-hmm and that it made them a genius, but I think there was something else going on there. Yeah. You know, like they they had some some issues, right? They they had, uh, and I don't even know if they got struck by lightning. Right? Yeah. I think they just maybe heard, like we said, said we've heard these stories. Yes, but that is, um, you can write. Like this is this these these books you have here yes. are, are are proof of that. I have, now this is I've had some writers on the podcast. You're the first. Well, you're the second poet. 
right? A guy from Dardanelles, come on, mm. Brian Motes. But um, we were talking about having to build your brand right before we started recording, yeah. right? Like, that's the hard part because you and I, you and I were not trained to, mm -hmm. to do that. Right. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm just figuring it out. I got this yeah, gym here and this podcast yeah. and I, and I teach history at the college, but I'm still just like, I don't know how to get it out there. What other than just write, like obviously you got the pen and paper with you. What other strategies did you use to get to here? Well, actually I can't, tell you that I had a strategy, a strategy, but let me tell you something about the poetry first. I have a friend that has been reading my book of poetry, and they also know that I started writing all this other stuff. Okay. So this lady said, Randy, I got a question for you. And I said, well, what is it? She said, I don't understand how you can write such beautiful poetry and turn around and write a murder mystery. See, I didn't even know you wrote a murder mystery. Yes, and children's books. How do you do that? I said, I cannot explain it. It just shows up. Just for instance, uh, the first line of Thought's Harrowing Edge, my first mystery. Yeah. Uh, I was upstairs in my writing room, and I was just writing. Which I love when you post pictures of that. And I was just writing some poetry, and I had to stop because a line, the first line on this in this book came to mind, and it says... It was just a thought, perhaps an old thought, or the ragged edge of memory from long ago. And then it went 80,000 words wow. from that one line. I didn't think, I'm going to write this line. This is what I want to write. I didn't do that. It just showed up in my head, and I wrote it down. It's just like I was copying it, <laughs> if that makes sense. A podcaster I listen to talks about this. And I think so. And, and I've done a little bit of research, but the ancients like the, would talk about the muse. Yes, it flows. Right. So, <laughs> but I'm just fascinated because I, I, I talk about what you're, see, so I, I'm kind of afflicted with this creativity. I call it a disease. Like, I got to make this podcast and put it on the internet. I don't know mm -hmm. why. I just feel better about myself when there I do go. it. There's, there's a, it's, I, I refer to it as like a satiation. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's like quenching a thirst for me. Like yeah. when, I, when I create and put things out there, when I wrote my master's thesis, mm -hmm. when I make a video for the gym and put it on, like I put one out a couple weeks ago, I got 6,000 views. Wonderful. I've never had a video get that many views. And I'm just, but you know, it's, and I put out a ton of videos, didn't get any views, hardly, yeah. you know, just a few. But it's um, it's just a, the process of figuring it out is fun, but it's like I just am so afflicted with having to create, you know, and that's, yeah. I love talking to other creators too, mm -hmm. but this concept of like, where does it all come from? It, what do you think? Like, Well, my mother is a songwriter, written many, many, many beautiful things. Oh my, she's 91. She's still alive. Oh, yes. Wow. And she still writes stuff. Well, like, that is in my genes. Okay. Okay. And the other thing is my mother loves to talk to people. Well, before the brain surgery, I always liked people. You were one of the nicest dudes well, ever. Like thank I remember, you very much. We were talking about how one time in the the auditorium, I opened a door on your foot, right? <laughs> and I, can't, yeah. I still feel bad about it, obviously, yeah. but I can't tell you. I'm like... I couldn't have done that to a nicer guy. Like I felt <laughs> terrible about it because it's just like, oh, why couldn't that have been like 
you know, Luke Carroll or something, yeah. or like one of my buddies. Yeah. It's from the bully of the school. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this, but that is, uh, um, you always had a very uh, open demeanor. I never had a problem talking. Everybody knew you, Randy. Yes. So, uh, like I said, I saw you every day. Well, you know, I've always tried to be kind and gentle. Of course, we always have our faults. We all have them. And, uh, and so that's just part of who I am. I love people. And uh, when another thing that is kind of, and I never used to do things like Facebook, but when I retired from the school, I didn't have this anymore. Which is something I feel like a lot of retired people talk about. Yes. So I do Facebook because it gives, gives me a connection. And, uh, you know, then when it, whenever I, when I meet just like the other day, or no, yesterday, we was over here at the hardware store. Mm-hmm. And here comes somebody I knew, and their face lit up. Randy! And we talked for 15, 20 minutes out the parking lot. Yeah. And that's who I am. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I super appreciate you being willing to. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I assume you live in Johnson County, so I appreciate you yeah. driving down and. Uh, Just live up at Lamar. Yeah, well, this right up the road. Yeah. Uh, you know, my family lives out at Lake Ludwig oh, now, okay. so yeah. it's I'm neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. My my dad's from Hartman. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. aunt and uncle live right there at the mm. bottom of the West Side School at the oh, really? bottom of the hill there yeah. across sixty four. So great, uh, great folks. Mm-hmm. I bet. Do you remember uh, Cora Sanders from? Uh, the names I know more faces than I'll names. show you a picture. That's my wife now. Really? Like, uh, but what? she would. Uh, she was from Clarksville. Okay. That's probably her over there kicking things with kids. She's because uh, our gym is over here. I'll give you a tour yeah, of I'd it, love uh, to see it before we leave. She just posted something. Uh, but yeah, she is so great, man. This is her. Looks familiar. She looks in that photo. That's about five years ago or so when we were um, yeah. just getting going with uh, the business. And but man, she has done fantastic things. But she would have Wonderful. been. She's a little younger Beautiful than me. Girl. She is. She yes. is. But uh, she knows you because well, as soon as I told, <laughs> as soon as I told her you were coming on, she she immediately started talking about. She would have been in junior high. Mm-hmm. at the time that you had like surgery yeah. and stuff right but she remembers it vividly too yeah. like that whole school district was yeah they uh they really i'll tell you what happened one thing uh what was it i would have someone come by the house and said here randy here's five hundred dollars we had with the close down for this we had people doing that yes and i even had a teacher uh he's retired now and uh, when I had gone back to work, he said, Randy, I've got a car I'm wanting to sell. And I said, oh, Vendon, I don't have any money right now. We're trying to pay these bills and everything. And he said, but Randy, I want to sell my, you my car. I said, oh, no, I can't. And he said, yes, I want a dollar. Sold me his car for one dollar. He said, now you take this and you sell that car. And I did. That's the <laughs> stuff people talk yes. about that. They always kind of describe it as restoring my faith in humanity or something like that, you know, but Mm -hmm. that is when we closed down and we're, we're getting back in the swing over here, but we had to close from March 16th until May 4th. And then when we were still real limited on kids, we're just limping back, but we had 
28 cancellations last month, but we had 22 new members. Wonderful. Right? It so it, itself it, out. it will. It will. Um, but uh, yeah, that is um, is something that we just had a, a, cra- a huge outpouring of support from the community. Wonderful. From our members. And that's the way it should be. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, that's, um, that's such a fascinating story. So, Pre-surgery, post-surgery, you get this muse. Like yeah. my question is this: Do you think that you maybe always had this, and yes. there was like a block put on it well, when you got hit in the head with that ball bat? Because you see, um, the writing wasn't there. You know, I would lose. I just I would lose things when I was boy. I just lose it. I couldn't. I, one time I went to the chalkboard. We did long math. Mm. chalkboard yeah and the teachers say randy here's how you do it now you do one randy okay i do it go to my seat i think what and you remember so i had that going on but anyway after the surgery it was like somebody turned a spigot on and everything come pouring out and my memory got so much better and then you know all the reading i had done for years from the little what is so wild to me is like I just never would have perceived what you talk about some symptoms you had, but I never perceived you to be handicapped in any way. Not saying you were handicapped, right? No, but, of course. But like to have any memory. I mean, yeah. any interaction I ever had with you is just like any normal interaction. So, But did you have these uh, like short-term memory issues recurring throughout life? You mentioned in as, the 70s. Yeah, as I got older, this was the thing in my head was getting worse. And I, that's why I told you before, I would study you. And sometimes I'd walk around the corner, didn't remember what we talked about. I'd have to ask you again, now, what did you say? If it was a teacher, what did you want me to do? You know, I started carrying a notebook <laughs> and writing things down because my memory was slipping. And because uh, what happened was it injured that vein, uh, baseball bat, injured veins in my head. Yeah. And they kept getting bigger. Like an aneurysm, basically. Yes, they kept yeah. getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, yeah, and so that's why I started having headaches, getting dizzy. And, uh, but after the surgery, everything opened. And all the things I thought I'd lost, I had not. Mm. I had, no, was, was I very good with some things? No, you know, Mm -hmm. but a lot of things, you know, that's why I think the muse flows so much is because it was always there just waiting to get out. Yeah. And that is, man, I thought about like there was a month or so ago where I was really thinking about this muse concept. This guy I listened to Mm -hmm. on a show of, uh, he was just talking about it and he's talking about with another kind of creator type guy on, on and it that's such a fascinating concept but like you said it's you know there's probably some genetic stuff there and you of course but yeah. i'm just glad that we have the capability and technology and people that can turn that around for you oh yeah it was it was a wonderful thing that the, the doctors they were just great and uh you know the people that that were very patient with me after the fact uh, the teachers, when they found out that all of a sudden I started writing, they said, Randy, how are you doing this? Because they knew me. I never did stuff like that. But what they did then, they coached me. The teachers taught Randy. <laughs> you know, somebody, I want, I don't know if you remember, um, but somebody I've wanted to reach out to a few times would be Nancy Coslett. 
Do you remember? Oh, yes. She taught English yes. and she was a, a positive influence yeah. on me. And I don't know where she's at now. She's, she's in Houston, Texas. Is she in Houston? I know yeah. she was, her, left, yeah. but I didn't know where she was at. She's got family there. I think her yeah. son or something. But yeah, like Miss Costley. Yeah, yeah, she was something yes, else. Yes, she was. She was fun to talk to and be around. I've been, you know, I've been, since I got out of, well, just really, I've, re I've done 53 books this year. Right. So I'm trying to do a hundred books. Wow. But I, one of the things I've been doing is going back and rereading all the books I didn't read when I was in high school <laughs> that I pretended yeah. to read. Um, but she exposed me to a lot of great stuff that now I'm appreciating more. Like I'm, now I'm going back to it. But, you know, for me, when I was in school, it was short stories were always my favorite. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm doing so many books now is because of audiobooks. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah so many. Yeah. Like, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I go and ride my bike to the coffee shop in mm. the morning after I'll teach a morning class or yeah. do something here. And I'll hop on the bike and um, get me about five miles in, just listen to the, I got go. the wireless. Have you seen, yeah, I saw you had an Apple iPhone. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're so great. Like that, that changed uh, now almost exclusively when I exercise. You were talking about exercising mm -hmm. earlier. Like when I do my routine, um, run, bike, walk, mm -hmm. weights, whatever it is, um, I'm almost always listening to a book. Yeah, there you go. I guess I'm old school. I just don't use those at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather pick the book up and do this. That's just how I am. See, and I do that inevitably for work because mm -hmm. of the history gig, right? Yeah. So, but it's, um, I do also think, and some of my, I didn't go to, I was homeschooled to eighth grade, but some of my early teachers, um, like uh, Miss Parker mm -hmm. and others, uh, kind of noticed I'm, I'm more of an auditory I got love sitting here talking like, you know, Oh yeah. Like it makes sense. I do a podcast because mm -hmm. I like talking to people. I have no problem doing it. I can strike up a conversation. That's a wonderful thing. It, be intrigued, <laughs> ask questions. So it's like, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, the, the audio, like I've, I told Cora this, it, um, I didn't know how much I loved books until I started listening to them. Yeah. And now I think just cause I'm in the habit more, of learning via books that I actually physically read more, right? Yeah. Like uh, I read several chapters when I was sitting on the beach of, <laughs> of my Egypt book I've been working on. So it's, um, it, it is, it's, it's got me reading more, but I just never, for whatever reason, when I was in school, I was like, well, that's work. I don't want to do the work. <laughs> uh, that's just a typical teenage thing. Yeah. You know, I must've been the other only oddball in the whole group when I was coming up because I devoured the books. That's fascinating. Oh, I devoured. Yeah. And, uh, How was your memory per, in relation to like when you would read a book, would you retain that well? Mm -hmm. Way better than like interactions with people and stuff? Yeah, I, I, I really did with the books. You know, I'm just a wee little guy and I would read the Dick and Jane books. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's what we, dad, mom started me out on that. Teachers, of course. And, uh, and then as I got older, then I would get into, uh, oh, I can't remember some of the books I've worked. Of course, Mark Twain. I devoured Mark Twain. Oh, my gosh. I've got his works. Like, I've read yeah. Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, one of them. But um, I've got his uh, our collection in the oh, audio yeah. book. I've got a, I want to go through that. And uh, also, a friend of mine, Billy Reader, I mentioned the communications guy over here. He has gone down a Hemingway 
mm-hmm. uh, rabbit hole. Oh, and, really? And was yeah. kind of telling me the path to take with that. And I've got, I just, man, I had these audio books to my, I just call it my stack. Yep. And I've uh, been able to do 53 of them and I'm working, I'll, I'll finish another one this week. So. Well, what got started me on the mysteries, really, that I also, when I, was, I used to work night shifts, some at the school, and I was just, I'd have all my work done. And I would, t- on my break, I would go to the library to find something. Well, what started this was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Really? Sherlock Holmes. All right. Yeah. And that's what got me to writing mysteries. And I, I wouldn't, wasn't, I didn't set out to write one. But when that first line came, I thought, this is a mystery. And so I wrote, you know, and I've got uh, Peripheral, which is finished, except I'm done some a little correcting on it and it'll be out this month. Probably. Do you have like a, I was joking. Yeah. So my master's thesis, I was joking to somebody cause I'd released a podcast and I'd sent it to them. They said, Hey, you misspelled philosophical. And I was like, and it was their website. So yes. it, it didn't cue me. I was a dot com. So it didn't cue me that I'd misspelled it. Cause all one big word that ran together. And I was like, you know, I'll get that fixed. You know, I, you know, made a funny little emoji face and, <laughs> and he's like, it happens. This guy's a writer too. He writes oh, yeah. for the about river Valley magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, yeah, it does. My master's thesis has a transposition error on the very first page. And it was peer reviewed. Like I had a committee mm-hmm. of full tenured, full professors. There's like assistant associate and full professor. They were all, and they read it all, and it, it just, so do you have a peer review process? That's where I was going with that. Well, uh, I had a teacher said, Randy, let me have Thoughts Harrowing Edge, and I'll edit it for you. Great. She took it home, kept it for a couple of weeks. One day she brought it back. You know what a little post-it mark, no it is, the little uh-huh, heroines? Yeah. The whole thing was filled with post-it notes. And my wife said, Randy, you got an F. Because I lost much because of that brain thing. I lost much. But I also learned much by correcting. And I love to do rewrites. Don't mind at all. The editing and revision. So what I'm excited to do is take another trip back through my thesis. I've been getting organized to do that. Mm -hmm. Because it's been over five years since I graduated. I've been teaching history for three. Wow. And I... I've changed and have been exposed to more ideas and thoughts and I would have done this differently and I've, mm-hmm. I would have added this in and yeah. I will probably loop back and turn that into a seven chapter book. That's yeah. my plan. So we'll see. I've been working. Uh, on what is the key word I, I, I learned from a teacher? Less is more. See, that's, there's a lot of fat. I would cut off my thesis. That's what Ex- I did too. Because, I mean, just real generally, everything I talk about evolved from Japanese martial arts. Mm-hmm. So, man, I went deep on Japanese martial arts in the first chapter. Yeah. And it was, it was probably the some of the well-researched and very in-depth, but it also went a lot of way. I was making a bunch of connections that I didn't really follow up on yeah. in chapters two and three. You know, like it, because it was all Japan, and then I start talking about Western societies and the Cold War and Eastern societies, the Cold mm-hmm. War, and how they're using martial arts. But really, the only thing is, is yeah, they got those from the Japanese. Both sides did. This guy's a white belt, and this guy's a white belt from this Japanese guy who founded judo. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I trace those connections. Chapter two and three is really where it's at. Yeah. I need to trim that chapter one way down and go and then go a whole other direction with the rest of it. And yeah, it does make a difference. Cut the fat out. Yeah. It's like I'm bad about and I don't always catch it because when I'm writing, I don't correct as I go. I would never finish a book. You can't. You write the book. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go back and reread the book and then you have someone to read the book for you. So do you have, do you just have volunteers? Are you members of groups? Basically volunteers. I have a friend I wrote uh, when I had written this little book, Little Folk of the Glens. That's like for fourth graders. No. And uh, she's got three boys, perfect age group. And she said they love the book. Great. And have, she said, has this been added? I found some stuff. I said, I said, Rachel, mark it up all you want. Because I would order, I would get proof books. Yeah. Smart thing to do. Yes. Proof books. What is, what is a proof book exactly? A proof book is this book, Uncorrected. Okay, yes. Okay, you've got your manuscript, and you've done all that you can possibly do to make it right. Formatting, I do a own formatting, 90% of that. And all the writing, I, and I'll go back over it. I might... One time, this book I, I reread myself and corrected twelve times. Wow! And I, but because I lacked the knowledge and the proper punctuation and stuff that I had struggled with, and I've gotten better though. Uh, so I order proof books. Okay. I turn my manuscript in as good as Randy can get it. Then you have this proof book that says right on the book, proof book, so that you'll sell somebody a proof book, and then. Uh, I find someone that would be willing to read it. That's always volunteers, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And by the way, they never buy books. I give them books because, you know, anyway. So uh, if you have a proof book, let someone other than you read it because they'll find things that you missed. I remember, and I don't have an issue. As I got into grad school, I had less of an issue with this. But did your feelings ever get hurt? No. When when somebody would go through and be like, Randy, what the, this oh, is okay. this is terrible. What were you doing here? No, I learned not to because I encourage it. Hurt my feelings. Tell me, Randy, this is wonderful. Tell me, Randy, this stinks. That's a great way to think okay, about it. So I had written this this poem. And you remember Miss Spillers? Or not Miss Spillers, Miss Miss Lynch? Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. she's still she's still at Clarkson. Yeah. Yeah. So one day, and she would always praise me. And then sometimes she said, now, Randy, I'm not always going to praise you. I said, I want, I want honesty. Don't tell me, Randy, this is so nice and be lying to me. I want the truth. So I had given her this poem to read. She said, I am so disappointed in you. Didn't hurt my feelings. She was helping me. Take that because you need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, you know, I, I was, the reason I asked that question is because like, when I was a uh, my first four years of college and that stuff. I remember somebody had made some remarks on my paper. Like, well, you just don't understand where I was going with that. <laughs> you know, like it, it initially, but through the process of getting revised by more professors and more peers, yeah. and, that's part of getting it. When you get a bachelor's in history, there's a senior paper and you got to go through the peer revision with mm -hmm. your peers and with your professor. And, yep. it, and I like that. And, and I will tell you, 
that is something that I've thought a lot about. Some of these questions is like, as I revise my thesis, I'm going to need people to read it. Have to, and I don't have. I do have people to read it, but I don't have like I did when I was there. Like, hey, you three, you're an expert in Asian history. Like, oh, fantastic! You're the head of this whole party. (laughs) You're going to be able to help me for sure. You know, the professors that were my thesis advisors really provided me so much. Like what you're saying, but that's uh, now that I am a teacher. Also, it's. I know, like one of my good friends, we go to concerts or well, we did go to concerts together. I don't know. I had five concerts I was going to. The furthest out being November, all canceled. Oh, right. Cool. So like, but we'll go to a concert yeah. at, uh, you know, river uh, down the river market or something. But he's an English professor at the same at yeah. Moralton. And then he's proofed. Yeah. Hey, hey, will you read this text for my podcast? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's, yeah, man, I'm. This is what I do. There you go. That's the good friend. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, I'm fortunate because the teachers care. Yes. They do care. And they have helped me so much. I like um, I like your covers. Like this one particularly. I, I think I remember when you were talking about finding that photo. Yes. Right? That was out at Hagerville. Okay. And there's a little church out there called Annie's Chapel. Yeah. Yeah. From the 1800s. And My, that was a uh, perfect little... Cora's grandpa lives out there, and then one of my judo. Do you know out there and around Hagerville, right? If you're coming from Russellville, let's say you go through Dover, mm-hmm. right when you cross into Johnson <clears throat> County, there's a house there on a hill with some dinosaurs, really made out of like wrenches. I guess I've never. There's seen a that. mailbox. It's really? a dinosaur. That guy is taught me judo, and he's seventy five now, seventy six maybe, mm-hmm. but he's retired lives up there and uh it's a great dude and real creative builds but all of these are built out of like old wrenches and all that big car parts yeah. yeah but so yeah that is um fascinating um there's some people have written written about his dinosaur collection really there. yeah there's a That'd couple cool. of newspaper articles i love to take my grandson out there yeah i'll i'll try and think to send you the link to okay, to the article but i so how did you get this uh, cover done? This is so. These are photos. This is art. My wife did the cover. Really? Yeah. She drew that, she painted drew that. that. Mm-hmm. Was that did she, watercolors or what? Uh, probably. I'm not sure. I was just talking with someone yesterday about how I would love. So I mentioned I'm going to take uh, for the first time in a long time. I'm taking a formal guitar lesson tomorrow. Yeah, right? That's so nice. But drawing, like I, hey, I can draw a stick man. <laughs> it's about where I'm at. And when I realized that I was not capable of drawing anything other than stickmen versions of RoboCop when I was a kid, um, I moved on. But there was a time when I would draw a lot as a kid. Yeah. And I have had friends as adults that have kind of taught themselves how to draw and yeah. drawn beautiful portraits. Is that something? Yeah. My grandson and I have a little – he's – about nine or ten years old, and we have a, a little funny thing that I do. I draw a pig, and uh, it's just the front of the pig, the nose and the ears, and you know the tail, and, the, and I'll put cat. I start doing that when he's little, or I'd say this is a bird. He say no, it ain't, and that's just a joke between us. Yeah. And he'll yeah that, but that's my extent of drawing a stick man or a little round faced pig, and that's it. I yeah. can't do it. <laughs> There's a uh... A funny meme out there that everybody keeps circulating for anything. 
it first started because it's TV show, but it's like a beautifully drawn horse. Mm-hmm. And it's, it'll say something like 2019. And then it turns into this <laughs> looking stick figure of a horse by the time it gets to the head. And it's like uh, 2020, you know, yeah. it's kind of like comments on whatever, you That's know, funny. but uh, it, it is, it's this progress. It looks beautiful back here mm-hmm. on the hindquarters and then it gets to stick figure by the, yeah, that's a yeah. That's I'm on the <laughs> stick figure end of the spectrum. But you know, I did. I asked a guy here in town if that teaches kids and stuff if he would give me some drawing lessons. But what I think I'll probably ultimately have to do is try and catch like maybe a summer class or yeah, something you know, at Tech. It, it might be very relaxing for you. I think it would. Yeah, it, it just you know things like that. Just like you know how I relax, I make walking sticks. Here, let me show you this. Yeah. Okay. See, that's been done by someone that can really work. I can't. Michael do this. Brandon yeah, is the name of the guy. This. I can make it look like this, but I cannot do this. That's that's beautiful. He. Um, the story with this is, my dad worked with that guy, and he had him make a few of these. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa, who since passed away, uh, we made that one for him. Right. Oh, That's his American flag. I got up there on top. I don't know if you can see it on top yeah, of the bookcase there. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I've got a, over somewhere, there's a, a, he used to make these windmill type deals, a rooster. Yes. And go like that. Uh-huh. I've got, I got a bunch of his stuff That's in here. Nice. So, um, but this was, this was his walking stick, but yep. real neat. Right. I've got, there's a guy I know, he's made me some bow staffs. Out of really? like Bodark, Osage mm-hmm. Orange, Bodark. Yeah. So, uh, but I, the stuff like this that people make, I love it, man. Yeah, and I just give them away. Yeah. It's fun. It's a hobby, and it's very, very relaxing. I've got a shaving horse. You know what a shaving horse is? Uh, no. Okay. No. Shaving horse is basically a, a workbench that you set on. Okay. A foot pedal and a clamp up here. You put your work in the clamp, push down with your foot. I use a draw knife, and she can peel the bark off. Uh-huh. It's a shaving horse. Wow. Yeah, I made one. I saw one. I thought, oh, I could do that, so I made one. And it's just relaxing. This guy, I know, um, if you look behind you, that see the guy with the coonskin hat on? Yes. That's an artist here, and he, he actually painted those boots behind it. He oh, is um, – but he does these things that they're, they're carvings. He'll make a carving, and then – he prints, like, puts the paper over the carving. Oh, what do you it, know? It is, and I can't, he's on the podcast and talked about it. It's the first time I'd ever even really heard of that art technique. I'd see him doing it. I didn't really know what he was doing. I didn't know mm-hmm. if he was painting that or what, but it basically becomes like a, like a stamp. Okay. So he'll make, and he puts all this time into carving it, and then it becomes like a stamp, and he'll make, like, seven or eight prints or something. And he's got the original. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. So, but fascinating process of how yeah. he does that. There's some wonderful talent out there. Oh my gosh. Kind of makes you envious, you know? That, that's what, what I love about what I'm doing here is like, I mentioned all these people. I'm like, that guy was on the podcast. You've been on the <laughs> podcast. His other poets, mm-hmm. writers is getting to talk to people and hear their process, how they do things. Mm-hmm. That's something that's fascinating to me. So, um, this photo is like an iconic Johnson County image, right? Nebo. Nebo. Oh, is that Nebo? I thought that was Strawberry Bluff for a no, second. No, what happened, we were looking for a cover for that because there is a bluff 
in that book. That is, and the story about behind what one reason I did remember now writing that story was because I was hunting when I first came here, didn't know anybody much. And I had a fellow that I worked with. He said, let's go out up on Yarbor Mountain up there and I'll, yeah. and we'll go hunting. We was hunting along. It's just getting dusk dark. And I came up on a bluff and I was far enough, close enough to it. It really, it frightened me. I know because what you're it saying. was way down. Okay, and I remember seeing a wide open valley, a white farmhouse, and a ribbon of road. It stayed. Yeah. And there it is in the book. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you have you have photos throughout the book as well. No. Just in just, just covers just the cover. How much? How much do you put into? So it's not just writing. You got to come up with all this other stuff. The the what the jacket's going to look like. This part. Well, uh, you know, we just I just sit down and try to get an idea of what I want. I might I might we write I'll write ideas down or a family member. We can say, Randy, I got a good idea for this book cover, and I listen. You know, and so but somebody though did say they asked me, uh, what? How long does it take you to write a book? I said, oh, well, let me put it this way. Uh, this book actually took me probably two years. And I said, if I charged by the hour, you could never buy my books. Hours upon hours upon hours of people behind the scenes, they don't see that. Yeah. All they see all of a sudden, here's a book. No. How many projects are you working on at once? I have got um, another mystery I'm working on. This thing. And another 1800 story I'm working on, which is that's what that is. I've got short stories I'm working on. I've got... Um, another children's book I'm working on. And then of course, off and on when the muse hits, I'll write another poem for future. I probably got four, at least four projects that I, I had miss on. I'm glad that we are talking. I had no idea you had as much going on as you do. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. And, which is uh, great. You're a writer. Yeah. Like you are, you're not just uh, cause I was like, yeah, Randy writes poetry. And, and I knew you had done some other stuff, maybe short story, but I was not following along no, uh, and with I, the, the that's depth. That's probably part of my fault because I don't always display what I do. And I really should more to promote myself more. And that's probably key. But then also, I don't want to overdo. Well, you know, the, your, your uh, simple promotions led me to contact you and ask you to come on the show, you know, so yeah. there's there's that. Because I do, I mentioned this earlier, I like the little, the little previews you give, right, just in the morning yeah. time. Because, you know, like, I'll, I'll tell you, I get up at four most mornings, mm -hmm. and your posts are one of the first posts I say. I think when I reached out to you initially, it was like early morning like yeah, that. Yeah, there's right? some mornings I'm up at 2.30. Yeah, I, you know, that not is, always, but yeah. What time you go to bed? Between eight and nine. That's about, I get out of here at about eight, seven thirty. Yeah. Go home, eat, go to bed. Well, I never used to do that until I had the brain surgery. I couldn't sleep before. Very, you know, mm. I would, it, I just couldn't, I had to read and read and read and read. And finally I'd be able to, my mind was settled down. I could go to sleep. But after the brain surgery, I go, I started getting sleepy seven, seven thirty. Randy's starting to drift and uh, don't always make it through a movie for watching a movie. Can't that's, help it. That's been it's my, just, my evening. Yeah. I was just thinking yesterday, Cor and I, when we were younger and I was doing less in college, every night we would watch a movie. Yep. Yeah. You know? I used to sleep till 11, 12 o'clock. Yeah. That, oh, I no, can't it all went that. away. 
but well, I, I started, I stopped being able to stay up till midnight when I started like teaching and stuff. But man, now I'll tell people that getting up at four, I listened to a guy that's a former Navy SEAL and he had this big philosophy about why you should get up at four. Mm-hmm. And I'd listen to Southern Navy SEAL and he was saying four thirty. Yeah. And I decided to go with four. But that's like one of the most regulating things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Because like last night, oddly, I don't know, well, I'm watching this film from 2003, Gods and Generals, Civil mm-hmm. War film. Thurman and Julie Storing, she was the same age as me. She graduated in 2006. We're doing these podcasts where we basically review all these Civil War films and talk about the yeah. historios- historical accuracy and things. So, um, But I stayed up late watching that Gods and Generals last night. Until about 11.15, I looked down. I was like, oh. <laughs> this is rare, uh, but I hadn't I hadn't stayed up that late, and and I think my rhythm's a little off because we just got back from vacation. That can throw you off, I guess. Can yeah, it? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how does how does your publishing work? Are you self publish? You I have self publish that. Okay. And Did you come up with uh, your own kind of publishing company name yeah, on, on Facebook? I've got R C Smith, which you know, mm-hmm. and then I've got Reading Circle. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, okay. And then also, uh, this is not, but this is just for fun for me, is there was a thing on there that they advertised Dirt Roads of Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's in that. It's a group on Facebook, right? Yeah, so I enjoyed that because it's another interaction for me. You know, Randy, I'll tell you, sharing my content in groups Mm -hmm. is why I have a video get 6,000 views or something like that. And it's so easy because I... What I'll do is I'll put the podcast on. I'll schedule yeah. it to come out next week or something. And when it comes out, I just hit share and my groups pop up and I go. Yeah. And it goes to those groups. But uh, my dad's in that group. And we were fishing the other day up around Hartman, Horsehead Creek. And he, he was taking pictures of, mm-hmm. you know, there's the, you know, where Mr. King's church is. I think I do. Out around that area, Mm -hmm. there's the old Catholic church. They call it Catholic Church Road there off 64 in Hartman. But there's a couple really old churches over there. But he stopped and took a bunch of pictures of them, old cemetery. So, Yeah, and I've gotten into photography now. Okay. Yeah. Is this kind of things that develop by virtue of needing, like, photos? You see, my next mystery, I've got to have a picture of a swimming pool. And so, uh, so I've been wanting to do photography anyway. So there's another way I can find someone that will let me borrow their swimming pool and set up a photo shoot. Yeah. And, and that's just an idea for a book cover and all because of photography. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I, so there's so many outlets. I have a, you know, I have a camera on my phone here and I have some nice camera, a digital camera, but we have a friend, um, she's coming to take pictures of the gym, but that's for like our website. And that's something I could definitely stand to get better at myself. Yeah. I had to have some headshots made Mm -hmm. for just different things I do. Luckily we have a friend. Yes. So it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I try to utilize everything I can to, to promote the writing and I'm learning, you know, and, uh, it just takes a while. It does. But you know, Even with you having these abilities you've unlocked, 
you're sitting here talking about this process. I'm like, man, that's the same process I went through when I was in school. Yeah. You know, like uh, meaning uh, after high school, like when I was being trained to write a 130 page master's thesis, I went through all the same head scratching that you probably did. I had to learn how to publish, but I'm a publisher. Yeah. I had to learn that. Do you have like uh, some people talk about this, some very, renowned authors uh do you have like a, a writing group that you're a member of that is no, not necessarily i really don't there is one I, I have you know there's a friend of ours tried to start a writing group and then i don't know what happened it just not did, nothing came of it but there is probably a writing group if i would want to get involved but then there is always that time factor yeah, that, see i wonder if if it, that isn't shifting more to online Probably so. Groups and yeah. whatnot. You know, people's lives are so busy. Just like, I don't just write. Right now, I'm building a carport. Yeah. You know, there's always something else to do. Like, do you do you ride horses? Did I, I see love you to ride horses? Okay, I didn't know. There's something else I know about you. I was browsing around on your profile and saw a few pictures of you riding. Yeah, and uh, I did that for research for. Uh, Oh, here it is. This book. Matter of fact, I went out to Wyoming to do research for that book. Wow. And I, I went out to a horseback ride. And so I was able to incorporate mainly, I wasn't about the, I wasn't about the landscape. It wasn't about anything but the riding experience. That's all that was about. But I took that riding experience and incorporated it into the story. Do you have any um, authors who have inspired you or their processes have inspired you in what you're doing? Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. This might help you. Uh, I read Mark Twain's story, his own personal story, and how he, the writing, how it affected him, and his wife helped him. And, and, and he, he learned that, finally learned he would come up uh, maybe some writer's block or the idea, the whole story he was writing would just completely stop. Happened to me. And, uh, I thought, well, how did you, how did you fix that? And then I kept reading and studying him. And he said, I learned that when a story stops or an idea stops to put it on the shelf and leave it there. And he said, you will find that the well of words will fill up again. And he was so right. You're the guy I just had on last week is also a writer. He published all sorts of pieces. Um, and he said the same thing. Yeah. He said he, he will write something. His, his t- people that give him feedback will even tell him it's good, mm-hmm. but will also tell him to sit on it. You betcha. Don't release that. That's right. Like, yes, it's good, but think about it for two months yep. or, um, you know, Maybe just come back to that later. There's a poem in the book there, and it's called Playful Wind. I was in the yard one fall, and I started seeing and looking at what the wind was doing. And I wrote the first two verses. It stopped. A year later, I finished it. Did you Short poem. Did, did you observe more Playful Wind and come back well, to it? or? Well, I think it could have been that way, but sometimes something like that will just stop. And it didn't matter how much I tried to force it, it wouldn't work. 
and then I got it. Where do you put the, so like I, I notice myself being in rhythms and patterns of working on something and then, you know, coming back to it later or something, but it, it's always like a year, 18 months or something like for martial arts techniques and mm-hmm. things I do here at the gym. Where, where do you put that stuff? You just print a physical copy and set yes. it up on the shelf there? I, do, I, I will put it in my computer or in my notebook and I come back to it when I can feel the muse flowing. The muse has quit on that poem. Just stop dead. It wouldn't come back. It wasn't ready. I'd like to do it for you sometime. I can do it for you. And you can, I, I like to write things. I wanted you to be able to see what I saw in that poem. Can I do it? It's called Playful Wind. It's not long. The wind came blowing through the trees as though it were to pass. Instead, it lingered for a while to mingle with the grass. It then began to frolic with leaves upon the ground, and as they lifted in the air, the wind swirled them around. I watched with fascination the antics of the breeze. It rushed around the yard once more, then blew back through the trees. It took a year. I love that you have it memorized. I was going to ask if you would read it, but you have it. It's stored. Yeah, there's many in there. I did one called uh, Walk in the Snow, and I was going down the down our road one November, and it started snowing. Snowflakes were swirling around, and I wrote a walk in the snow. And, uh, yeah, and I would see, I wrote what I see, what I was seeing as I went. I wrote probably the first verse, ran home, and finished it. <laughs> you just you always have like a little pen and pad with you. Did you have one that, that day? day? So then you but just I commit had, it to I memory. Memorized the first verse, ran home, and then got to pondering about what I saw, and I wrote what I saw from memory. Wow! <laughs> so that is such a contrast. <clears throat> to what you're talking about. Did you ever think any point before the surgery that you were coming down with dementia or something like that? No. Uh, I always just, uh, I had always been able to put off pain, kind of, up to a point, of course. And uh, it never even occurred to me, you know, to connect the injury as a young boy into the headaches I would start to have. It never even occurred to me. How did you how did you make that connection? The doctor started asking me questions after the fact. You know, Randy, tell me about your childhood. Has it had any injuries or anything? Well, yeah, I got hit with a baseball bat once. He said, that's it. Wow. And I never even, I hadn't even remembered that until after the surgery. Then I started remembering things like that. You know, just maybe I probably just put it out of mind. That's how I am. You know, I, yeah. I don't hold on to things on purpose unless it's something profitable that will help. That's different. But the pain, let that go. Yeah. Yeah. So where where can people, are you on Amazon? Can people- I'm on Amazon under Randy C. Smith. Okay. And uh, Oral Facebook. R.C. Smith. Smith. See, I don't. I'll have to like your Reading Circle Publishing right now. I'm not. Uh, I wasn't charting. Oh, all right, <laughs> perfect. Okay, great. Yes, I'd wondered about the publishing. I'm glad that uh, that I asked you about that. Yeah, and I so. don't always talk about publishing, but I do try to make comments about 
you know what happened like stay tuned because peripheral is almost done you know and uh, yeah i like that i'm about to um i just made a website for the podcast i didn't make it a good friend of mine did mm-hmm. but Wonderful. um it is uh is is this at the reading circle right there let me see it which one is it is it either one of those or it, it's that on looks facebook like, that looks like it okay yeah good. if it looks like that little yes it should be a, is that a is that an eyeball or a, a wave? Yeah, it's a wave. My son looks like a, another thing. There's a a brush stroke in uh, Buddhism. It's called an Enzo. Oh, really? And we okay. put that on a lot of our logos. I don't have one in here. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Great. So yeah. Um, so you're on Amazon. You're saying yeah. like where where yeah, you're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was. A blog? Do you have anything like that? Have you- no, and uh, I tried to do a website, but I don't have the know-how. And it yeah. was more trouble to me right then than it was worth. I never got any results because I didn't know how to make it work. Keywords, mm-hmm. same way with my try to promote these. And whenever I do the printing on that, their website, you're supposed to have all these keywords, but I don't have any luck. I just don't know the how. I've- and I can't afford to have somebody just come in and I just don't have the income for that. But, uh, you know, I'd love to have a website. It'll it'll come in time. I I was telling somebody that, because I only had a website for like three or four weeks. Uh, And uh, I've been posting, you know, every time I make a post, I'll try and put the website at the bottom. But um, I was telling somebody, it's like, hey, here's the video. And I know, and then I was like, oh, you just like the audio. I forgot. Because it was somebody who suggested I had this other writer come on. I sent it to her. She's a local uh, educator. And um, I was like, oh, wait, here's the audio. I was like, it's at these 10 audio places. I was like, wait, it's just on my, you just go to my website. That's Uh the easiest place to access it, (laughs) unraveledpodcast.com. But uh, one thing I'm working on on there, and my web guy has got to teach me how to do it, though, is to do the blog post. But my web guy for the, this guy's redoing our gym and doing the podcast, too. My previous web guy was in Louisiana. And he did a good job, but I would, hey, here's the blog. Will you post it for me? And there's a few times where he didn't post it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like that blog was time sensitive. Yes. Like it was about this thing we're doing over here. Mm-hmm. So that's the ability to be able to do it myself, but I've neglected learning how to do web stuff. Yeah, I am not very good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Really not. I had to go through quite a process to learn how to publish my own books that was something else mm-hmm. but I remember I did learn and uh, I could probably do a website but it would take me a while yeah yeah between all the other stuff I do mm-hmm. you know yeah that's the same because yeah. uh, everybody you know too like right now I'm not teaching the summer I taught the last two summers but everybody always like Brian, you're so busy. You do so much. And I'm like, yeah, but I just really do a bunch of stuff I enjoy. So it really doesn't seem that way. It kind of yeah. does. But uh, it's like the history job, the podcast, the gym. It seems like a lot. But mm-hmm. it's it's a lot in that it would keep me from developing a website or something that was yep. time consuming for a duration. Because even when the, what he's doing the website, I'm providing him all the text, all yeah. the photos, all there the logos. Go. So I have to put stuff into it, even it's though I'm new. not building it. Well, and it's not free either. That's expensive stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're talking probably 
by the time this guy's all said and done, and even on my last one, maybe three thousand dollars. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Which, like, I have this these members that pay memberships at the gym, and I'm able to take that money and put it back into the website because yeah. the website's advertising mm-hmm. to get members. So it's, but for people like yourself that are or like this podcast, mm-hmm. like Cora made this our ten year anniversary was just the other day, and she made this post today, and it was it actually kind of made me it, made, it did make me cry. Um, but at the bottom of it, she's like, it was just as beautiful. Everything, all these great memories, like mm-hmm. six paragraphs. And she's like, I'm tired of you buying podcast stuff, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it is, you know, this is, I've, I've really put all my stuff in here mm-hmm. that I've, that I've accrued. Like, a, the house has just become Cora's abode of anything she wants. And this is like, probably <clears throat> this for me is probably like your writing room. Yeah. I've got my stuff in my writing room, you know? And, uh, but, but it's all the things that I've done and been through. And, you know, just like when I first got my, uh, I sent my, uh, copyright off. Mm-hmm. I, I oh, I'm doing book, that right now. My manuscript for a copyright. And, uh, I had to learn how to copyright. Did you do, did you do a consultant attorney or anything no. for that? Okay. All you gotta do is go to U.S. government, the copyright and everything you need is right there. Okay. And, I may, I'm going through that process and I, I know a guy, Brandon Hobbert. I don't know if you remember that guy. He's another Clarksville graduate. He was probably a big, probably a big butthead when we were uh, younger. But man, he grew up to be one of the smartest and most ingenuitive attorneys. Wow. He set up our our nonprofit. We offer some free training here at the gym. He set up our LLC Mm -hmm. and his family, this guy's at Christmas, you know, he's fam, close family friend. That's wonderful. But now he's involved in this big, he and this other guy have started like five law firm, like five different locations. So he's kind of like, I got to pass you off to this guy. Yeah. I, I don't even do that right now. Yeah. And so they're busy. So like, I'm like, oh, I could pay this dude 500 bucks or, or I could figure out. Cause that's kind of what I gathered is you can do it it's yourself. It's pretty simple. You just yeah. perform you fill out and on, on the writing, uh, it's now gone up to, for your copyright, uh, it's 65 bucks, which is peanuts. Yeah. And it's us copyright they used to try to tell you and and it still does just like whenever you physically write something like on the computer or on the typewriter that's considered copyrighted but it won't stand up in the court of law mm-hmm. yeah yeah that will yeah i have the uh the patent basically yeah, i have the reg the where the copyright is registered and i've got the piece of papers that shows this was registered dotty dotty dot certain date yeah. And so I've got those. And uh, if you don't do that, anybody can say, oh, I wrote that story. You stole my characters. I, I, I. Well, no. <laughs> I, you know, I talked about this recently on the show, but uh, some similar happened to me with the podcast. Really? I went to create the website a few weeks ago. And Life Unraveled podcast was not available. Hmm. And I was like, <clears throat> I researched before I named the podcast. There was nothing. In the last year... Oregon State University, the humanities department, and I got a humanities degree, had created a podcast. And what was funny is that they had to have seen when they went to social and stuff, I didn't have the website. Mm-hmm. All the social media was, they couldn't use that name. So they, they like life, comma, colon, unravel, like something like that. And I was just like, 
Okay. But uh, that's why I, I started looking down, yep. called my buddy, like, hey, what? I, so we're going to, we need to do that for the gym yep. and this. But mm-hmm. I, honestly, I contacted him and was like, look, my wife is mad at me because I spent so much money on this. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, she jokingly makes posts about it. I was like, like, basically, I've invested a lot in this. And I started this in 2017. You guys kind of came along after that. I'm talking to my attorney about going through patents, figuring out what to do with that. So mm-hmm. would you mind taking your stuff down? And they had never even released an episode was another thing about it. They never put out any content. They just gobbled up the web domain yeah. and then some social media, <laughs> like a Twitter, which I didn't have a Twitter and yeah. still don't, not going to make one. Nope. But um, they were really nice about it. Their That's web good. Their web guy was like, because I'd messaged him and I never heard back. And then I, I heard my phone, like, you know, sometimes I'll make the doot 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 mm-hmm. or something if somebody's typing. And I looked down and I saw that that page was replying to my message. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and watched it for like 30 minutes. I was doing other stuff. but And then they hit me with this big, long response and was like, my boss really wants me to take care of this. So we're going to like, uh, sorry, I didn't reply sooner. We're, this is what we're going to do. And they've turned it over. So you see this right here. I named my book, the long journey home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I found out that there's about four other books pretty close, but you cannot copyright a title. Interesting. Can't copyright window to the soul. So there's no issue. No, anybody could, I've wondered say, about it because movies are like, there's yes. a lot of movies, the same so, title. You know, but like this one, Thoughts Harrowing Edge, well, likely anybody's going to name a book Thoughts Harrowing Edge. But if they did, it's just common and, and everybody does it. Yeah. It's like I wrote a little children's story called Moose, uh, Moose Trapped. And uh, Moose Tracks is what it was, yes. So I got on there and Googled Moose Tracks, four books, little kids' books called Moose Tracks, mm-hmm. which is okay. Because everybody else did it. So I named mine Moose Trapped. Because the little boy gets trapped up in a tree by a moose. You know, so I just switched. And it's okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Long Journey Home, that's not the only one. You know, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's um, <clears throat> that's interesting too. And, well, these are little things. Yeah. Man, think about how much you figured out over. <laughs> I, I, you know, that's what, like I tell people, <clears throat> I, got, I, I got my master's degree six years ago, I guess, five years ago. I didn't start working until two or three years ago and teaching yeah. history, but all that aside, I feel like I have learned more. Oh yeah. Since my, which I, I kind of probably you would say that since retiring, like, man, how much mm-hmm. have you learned since retirement? Like you're, you're supposed to be done re- relaxing, which I, I would say you probably are relaxing. This is probably relaxing for you, right? This is, very relaxing to me because it takes my mind off of whatever I need to get to over here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, really, as one man said, Randy, it's just a hobby. That's sort of for right now. Yeah. And I really enjoy myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's um, a book I was listening to is talking about this um, concept of logotherapy. Have you ever heard of that? No, I have not. Basically, just like we mentioned earlier, people retire and then they maybe maybe die sooner than they should or something because they just kind of yep stop they stop they stop their mind they stop their body whereas uh logo therapy is 
based off my limited research on it is if you find a passion like it, let's say, or, you know, a, 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 your life is a collection of your hobbies and things you like your, your carving, mm-hmm. making these and this yeah. and podcasts, martial arts or, or whatever it is. Like that's with me. I get to do fortunately three things I'm yep. very passionate about. Yeah. So I have a, a more fulfilling life, I think. Oh yeah. When I worked at the high school, I loved my job, but came a time in life. I kept, you know, looking a little forward to the retirement yeah and uh the next phase the next phase of my life and i'll tell you something funny we still laugh about this uh, you probably know me by now i'm a very very busy guy extremely so you have occupied your time for yeah. sure and uh so it was funny when we started talking to the kids about we're going to retire and so my son told cheryl mom what are we going to do with dad? Because school was my life. How long did you work? 30 years, something 32. like that? 32. How long have you been retired? 40 years or so. Oh, I thought you'd been out longer. No, for four, some reason. Or maybe five at the most, you know. But, yeah. Oh. No. And, and so, yeah, I'm never, ever bored. So ever. it's amazing. I thought for some reason I was thinking you stepped out right around the, the surgery. No, that was... 2008, 2005, I mean. Even better so, that you were able to um, go back to work after all that. Oh, yeah. Resume your yep. normal life. Normal life. Nothing changed except for the, the writing. And, and, and some things changed. Like the, the I slowed down like, like I was on the music. I slowed mm-hmm. way down because it hurt. And the singing because it hurt. But, uh, you know, I've written some songs. I was going to ask you that earlier. I'm glad you brought that up. Lyrics. Yeah. Does that come to you in Music, addition? I do the tune and, uh, you know, all the words. And I uh, wrote uh, Chasing Dreams, which is in the book. And I got looking at it, and I think I left part of it out. But that's okay, because I wasn't going to do anything with it, really. And I wrote, uh, you know, some. there's another song or two in there. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Great, man. Great. In that poetry book. Well, Randy, I super appreciate you coming on and it's talking with pleasure. me, man. It's been great to catch yeah. up. Uh, that's, I, you know, there's, I may never would have talked to you again if I didn't do this podcast. Yeah. So that's been a, a nice silver lining to all. Yeah, of, and that's the bad thing about departing from a job you've been on for 32 years. All of a sudden, everybody's gone out of your life, almost. You know, I've been called back to the school a couple of times to visit. Yeah. Which is fun. Mr. King had me come in a few years ago. Oh, he did. And um which meant a lot to me. He spoke at my grandma's funeral. Uh, right. Yeah. So I've I've always had a, and my mom had him as history teacher. <laughs> That's in the seventy seven or something, Isn't right? But um he had me come in and speak with the FBLA. I don't know if it was what they were wanting because I was like, listen here, people. I have not done anything that I was told to do when I went here <laughs> that would make me successful. And I was like, and here's what I thought when I was on your side, yep. you know? And I was like, and here's the mistakes I made because I was thinking that way. And I was like, here I am running this business. I have my, my website and video playing in the background. I was like, but I, I'm not, I don't have, I thought I need to get a master's in business for this. I was like, I don't, I don't, I took one business class. Isn't that amazing. And, but you I, have done wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. But, um, and it's just, 
I remember I made a post the other day, two of the most defining things someone said to me, these people close to me and that love me, right? Mm -hmm. But they were like, CMMA stuff is just a fad. Right now we have we have the second largest gym in the state. We have three hundred students. Wow, that's um, so good. And then, hey, what are you going to do with a history degree? Yeah, and you know, and that's kind of my angle. It's like, hey, no one thought I would be a successful martial arts person. No one thought I would. They, you know, oh, a history teacher like that's the only thing you could do. What if you don't get a job? Yeah. You know, and I am fortunate. I know yes, people with PhD that they don't get to teach college full time. No. You know, so um, a girl I went to grad school with has been in PhD school for six and a half years. Wow. It blew my mind. Yeah. And she teaches as many classes as me and gets paid half as much. Wow. Because that's the plague right now is they, these universities get adjuncts and mm-hmm. they pay them like $2,000 a class. And they get them to teach five classes. Well, I teach five classes and get a salary of yeah. about double what that is. Yeah, the salary is, yeah. Yeah. I worked with salary at the school for all those years, and it paid off. Yeah, all good. That. I remember, you remember um, a friend of mine, I hadn't seen or heard of it, David Brown. You remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't seen him in a long time, but that's a, he's a friend of my dad. I knew David real well, but um, I remember talking with him. That seemed like a great gig for what he did school, what you did at the school. I don't know what all that entailed, but you know, it's uh it seems like it worked out for you. It worked out just just fine. I mean I if I'd have been in a factory for instance, I'd have just been shot. It wouldn't have worked. But because uh worked at the high school, I got retirement. See, Cora, it's funny. You know, I've been on the job three years, mm-hmm. and I never checked my retirement one time. I'm just bad at that kind of stuff. But Cora needed the information for our guy that's set up her retirement. He, She's taken over it for me. But um, I didn't even know I'd accrued that much retirement in, in that three years. And I was like, wow. Yeah, you wouldn't. Don't You don't think about it. You yeah. Know? So... You know, but if I'd had a factory job, there wouldn't have been much, almost nothing. Yeah. But I was put in, in the school, and uh, and because I had such a bad experience in school, well, I I had fears. Even you know, I was t- probably twenty something when I started at the school, and I thought, how is this going to turn out? Because all I could remember was what school was like when I was a boy, growing up, and how bad it was. But when I got there, God healed me of that because I met loving, kind people. Yeah. They helped me. Yeah. I remember I mentioned being homeschooled. Like there's a period of my life where all I wanted to do was go to school. Yeah. To be to meet people, to to have uh, socialization, mm-hmm. to have friends, to have teachers oh, yeah. like Miss Coslett. Yep. You know, I'm, I, I'll tell you after we wrap up, I'm going to because I thought about reaching out to her to say, hey, what do you think I should read? I should never come on the podcast. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. Um, and these that's another cool thing. Like I just see in your posts in the morning. It, I was like, man, I want to talk to her. Well, I'm glad you so. did, because, you know, I've had times where I thought, well, do I really need to be doing this? But I get so such fun. It's a reward. Uh, it's a reward to me. And get to keep that connection going. Mm-hmm. I am a people person. I got to have that. Yeah. So 
keeps that uh, keeps that flame. Yes, it does. Yeah. Well, if you uh, and I may, you may hear from me again. I, I would. So. I, I, if you, I tell you, Randy, if you have, if you got a new book coming out, anything like that, let me know. Okay, I, would, I will. It'd and be great. Peripheral will be out this summer, and um, I'm just doing some last minute corrections on it, and it's about ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I tell people when they come on. This this will always be on the internet when people uh, are looking at <laughs> yeah. your stuff. That this will probably be something that starts coming up when they type in uh, to look for you and something you can share with your audience. And I want you to pick out a book that you want. Okay. Yeah, anything yeah. that you want. Hmm. Just help yourself. I'm going to do this one. All right. This has been the most, uh, the title, the, the photo, this has been the one that's been most interesting to me because I had no idea that you were doing mysteries. Yeah. So... Well, I appreciate that. Well, that's not a problem. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll sign it before we get All out right. of here. Hey, yeah. Let me see. I got a pen here somewhere. Do you have a pen? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, here we go. We got one right there. Okay. I've got one. But... I'll tell you, my dog bit the end of it. <laughs> she's a, she's a runt. <sighs> oh, let me tell you something funny that happened to me. It's not funny, but, and I always ask now, while I was doing a book signing, and it was my first book. And, of course, I'm nervous. A lot of a line, people lined up to yeah. my book. You feel rushed. And this gentleman said, uh, make it out to Greg. I said, okay. And I looked. I had written, Gerg. I am dyslexic. Really? Oh, yeah. I've wondered about that. I'm I invert dyslexic. numbers a lot. Yeah. And, uh, matter of fact, this book. And I never saw it. How many people read it? Well, that transposition error on my master's thesis, too. You know, yeah. I mean, and a friend of mine said, oh, Randy, I loved your book, but you spelled two words backwards. Interesting. <laughs> and and it already even the print. peer review process and everything. <laughs> no, people, nobody yeah. saw it. Nobody. But he did. He said, Randy, that's backwards, too. So. Interesting. Brian. B-R-I-A-N. Oh, oh. I got another one here. I've got a big thing full of ink pens, and I I've just moved all this in in the last couple of weeks, Randy. I've been I had to get the room done, put the trim up, and I'll tell you what. After I read this, I'll probably frame it and hang it up in here. That'll be a good addition. That's what I I love about this. Got a so much stuff in here that I uh, have acquired through connections to people. Thank you, Randy. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Had a great deal to me. Hey. It's good to see you. Hey, man. Well, like I seeing your smiling face is all better. <laughs> like I remember, I was and you're just being real. You're like, yeah, I'll probably limp on it for for a few weeks, but it'll be fine. And I was like, oh man. Well, thanks, Randy. I was we'll, really teasing you. I think you were.